0: Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host MJ Smith.
1: I'm Corey Tyndall, and I'm Michael Morey.
0: And it's just the three of us this week, but uh, we're here to talk about "Weird," the Al Yankovic story, which is a film that is streaming for free on the Roku channel right now. Um, so you can go watch it without even having to sign up for a Roku account. I didn't have to do; I just clicked yep. play on the homepage and uh, was able to watch this movie, which is pretty cool um but it is a biopic (laughs) in quotes yeah of uh weird al yankovic starring daniel radcliffe uh the obvious choice to play weird al yankovic um as as al himself and uh rain wilson as dr demento and it's uh it's a very fake very funny biopic about the life of weird al in particular um his career his his rise uh and fall <laughs> in the 1980s um and it takes place pretty much around then and it, it sort of plays around with all the music biopic uh, conventions and tropes and things like that uh as far as like you know how he gets his accordion how he learns how to play the accordion conflict with his parents um a descent into addiction and a toxic relationship and a toxic relationship with his manager and then the ultimate redemption that he has um with his his parents and and those around him um culminating in his assassination <laughs> <laughs> By um, at the hand of madonna <laughs>
1: this is real
0: uh Yep, yep, which is real, as the song over the credits informs us. Yes. Um, and along the way, he meets a whole host of characters played by every funny person Weird Al has ever worked with. Um, and,
1: yes. And
0: uh, that's the movie, guys. That's that's it. It's just it's just nonsense for an hour and forty five minutes. Uh, so what did you guys think about Weird the Al Yankovic story? Corey, will we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was very fitting. Like what you just described, mm-hmm. that, is a, that is what happens. And, <laughs> you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get more into it, but it felt very fitting in the sense of given who Weird Al is and how he's built his career, yeah. and, you know, he helped co-write this script, uh, it makes sense that this movie kind of does a Weird Al to, you know, uh, music biopics. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty clever." So, yeah, it was a it was a good time. It was just like every other scene. I was like, "Oh, there's that person I know. Oh, yeah. there's that person I know." So, but yeah.
2: yeah Overall, I, you. Yeah. Uh, I I really liked it. It's one of the better comedies that's come out lately. Also, we don't have a lot of comedies that come out at all anymore. So yeah. that was refreshing. Correct. You know, in movie form, anyway. You know, I guess there's stuff on TV, but. Uh, you don't see too many of these kind of parody type movies either, and I really enjoyed it. It's definitely, I think, a part that was a little slow. I think some of the Madonna stuff in the middle got yeah. a little long in the tooth. It's
0: a little saggy. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I would have edited some of that down a bit, but overall, um, I really enjoyed it. The beginning is good. Uh, it yeah. does a great job sending up all those tropes of you know yeah. the abusive father type thing and you know just like the the lame ways that these artists always come up with their inspiration behind (laughs) stuff you know it's always so pat and convenience in these biopics yeah um and but then you know the ending goes totally off the rails in a good (laughs) way and i really loved where it went with that i love when a (laughs) when a show or a comedy goes off in some really violent detour and this hit the exact spot that i wanted to with that that's a couple yeah yeah it did it did um (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It goes several times off the rails and, uh, the ending was great. The assassination of weird Al Yankovic by the coward Madonna was fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: Did you, did you get, did you guys see the mid credit scene?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great. Yeah. So, so Overall great. it was, it was a, a real fun time and, um, I recommend it to anybody to go and watch it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yep. Great movie. Uh, I, man, I love this movie a lot. It, <laughs> That first half hour is so strong. Yeah. Um, Like, from the beginning up until he meets Madonna is funnier than, like, most comedy movies I've seen in a good long while. Um, (laughs) I full-on, like, belly laughed harder than I have in any movie since probably Pop Star Never Stopped never stopping in 2016 so which was also a fake biopic uh which was a parody of real music biopics so um yeah it i mean i think you're right Corey, that it's just like the perfect way to do like the movie about weird yeah um there's no there's no other way you could do this movie Yeah, I think like if you were like hey we're gonna do a Weird Al biopic and then you were like and also we hired you know X person who looks exactly like him and it's gonna be about his actual life it would just be like that's the dumbest idea for a movie I've ever heard but then when you hear like Oh yeah, there's a Weird Al movie coming out, and it's gonna be a parody of buyer Picks and also Daniel Radcliffe is yeah. gonna play him. You go, oh, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Let's go, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it, you know. And it's, it's, it. I think it also, it's great because I feel like a lot of people don't listen like regularly to Weird Al, like, and when they do, like, his projects come out kind of out of nowhere for a lot of people like you have to really be on top of his career in order to be like oh he's got a new album coming out in x amount of months or whatever but with a movie like there's so many trades out there and there's so many things that um when something like this gets announced it's like almost a year in advance if not you know just less than a year in advance and there's so many like websites that cover pop culture stuff now that cover these things. And it's such a bizarre casting choice that yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it catches, it caught so many people off guard and just like made them cock their heads to be like, okay, is this going to be like a real movie or is this going to be like a weird owl version of what this is? And so like, I thought it was really great that they announced it as far in advance as they did, because it just made people like, it made I think a, a lot of people really just kind of scratch their heads for the better part of a year and then um it came out and it was great and like i don't think i've heard anyone say they didn't like it that i know who's watched it and i know a lot of people who still want to watch it if they haven't already so uh i think that the that, you know, not to, I can't speak for the man as I am not him, but I feel like that's the exact reaction he would want out of doing something like this mm-hmm. and uh, to kind of see it play out over the last year and then pay off into like a movie. that's actually really good. Um, is, is kind of great. Like I feel like if this movie sucked, it wouldn't have had the effect that that initial news of how insane this actually is, uh, had.
2: Yeah. Well, it- I was thrown off guard by this movie completely because I didn't know <laughs> about the Funnier Die video um, right, right. that this is based off of. So I guess what backstory was like 2010 or 11? Okay. Yeah. Um, There's like a Funnier Die video where they're basically parroting a biopic with Weird Al. And. Then this movie gets announced, and I, I think I had seen that video, but I had completely forgotten about it. It just, I mean, I thought it was funny when I watched it, but I guess right. it just never registered with me. And so when they announced this, I didn't realize that it was relating to that video. And I don't know, did they ever say that, like, explicitly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Then I guess I wasn't really paying attention at all. And then, you know, the news about Daniel Radcliffe came out and i was yeah. like what the heck? like that's like yeah. the worst casting choice on earth doesn't even look like him and and then i finally watched the trailer for it when the trailer came out and then i was like oh duh of course <laughs> like yeah and, and i, and I and this is weird like it's weird for me to go and admit this cause i didn't really care about this movie until i watched that trailer and then everything clicked and i really like weird out i just thought it was gonna be some shitty biopic movie that was like true to life um yeah. i'm glad to find out that it wasn't
1: yeah Yeah, I
0: mean, I think, you know, I'm probably the biggest Weird Al fan on the show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe
2: by a smidge, yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, this is a movie that when it got announced, I was just like, yes, like this movie is going to be ridiculous. And so many people, like I have a lot of people in my life who associate me with Weird Al, which is very weird, but also I'll take it. (laughs) Um, And uh, I got a lot of texts the day this got announced where it was just like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I was just like, "This sounds incredible, and everyone's like, really, like you're excited for this I was just like, well, yeah, like you know Al's co-writing the movie. you think he's actually gonna do like a serious job doing this, and then also the funnier die thing, and like I was just like I kind of figured out what the movie probably would be um from the get go and was just like i was I was on board like I had to field a lot of questions over the last year about why i was, why I was excited about this movie." <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, I guess I was just totally out of the loop. Um, yeah. and then I, Weird Al was really special to me, like growing up, and then, you know, like my teenage mm-hmm. years and that stuff. And then you know, he hasn't produced a lot in the last 10 years, uh, really. And so yeah. I, I have been kind of out of the loop, I guess, in my fandom. Um, so this kind of caught me off guard, and it was a pleasant surprise. It's nice to be pleasantly surprised about something these days. Most of them, i yeah. unpleasantly yeah. <laughs> surprised about things, as we've discussed in this podcast before about other things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is, like, for a lot of diehard Weird Al fans is he's already made one movie. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. you know anything about UHF, which is fantastic, by the way. Great movie, yeah. uh, Yeah, it's awesome. But if you know anything about it, it kind of soured Al on doing more stuff like this. So that was the thing that had me scratching my head is I was like, oh, they must have, like, a really solid idea or really solid production team or something. Like, there's... To just think about him returning to a movie, the format of a movie, to do something, I think it really like it really had to be like the right time. I don't know if it was just like pandemic stuff he got antsy because he was supposed to go on tour or what, but I don't know. Like I, it was really that that was the thing that made me scratch my head, as I was just like, wow, he's doing another movie like 30 years after the fact um, of UHF tanking. The other thing though too is like UHF is a streaming movie if that makes sense like it's sort of a proto streaming movie in Mm. that um it like it opened a week after batman 1989 and a week before indiana jones and the last crusade so the movie (laughs) stood zero chance and like movies aren't like that anymore you can release a movie on netflix or apple or whatever and it's gonna find an audience if it's good enough so I think that might've had something to do with it, but I really was like, okay, he, that was the other thing that gave it my vote of confidence as I was like, I know what a bad time he had after UHF and um, his career hit kind of a downturn around that time as well. Like um, the album after the soundtrack album was Polka Party and it, it was also not critically well received. Like it was just kind of like a big downturn for him until 91 when Smells Like Nirvana came out. So. I just remember seeing his behind the music as a kid and him talking about like, oh yeah, I didn't really like doing that. Like I liked making the movie and I think it's a good movie and I stand by it, but like it never found an audience. And then it fi- I think it finally found an audience on DVD. So, um, yeah, that was the, the bigger head scratcher for me was that.
2: Mm, got it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's talk about the, the merits of the movie itself. So, mm-hmm. um, overall <laughs> some really solid jokes <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. 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 Um, what was, what was the best? What was the one that resonated the most with you guys?
0: gosh uh mine is the one that he ne- he never found out what the factory his dad was at made and they just yeah. called it the factory. the factory yeah and like that really made me laugh at the beginning but then when it came back when he yeah. was drunk on stage and i was like oh they did a callback and then he gets a job at the factory and still doesn't <laughs> yeah, know what he like, makes and then he asks asks a guy, guy? and he yeah. just laughs at his face <laughs> like that was so ridiculous it was such a small that would have been yeah. such a thr- throwaway joke in any other movie but the fact that he committed to like putting a joke about it in every single act of the movie really made me laugh.
1: So good. Yeah, that was pretty great. (laughs) Uh,
2: Obviously the ending sequence i mean just Pablo yeah. Escobar's involvement in
1: <laughs> yeah. <the movie. laughs> yeah um
2: I, what a great like way like is they set it up in the movie obviously what a great way to go and bring that into the movie like yeah. Yeah. there's very few like things or references that are made in it that um don't come back in the play at some point later so yeah. i really enjoyed that aspect of it but um i mean one other part i really liked was um, how Weird Al himself was playing the, the record producer yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He's playing one
0: of the Scotty brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And then the other brothers like Lane to like nobody want to listen to this crap and like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. from someone who looks like you and and then <laughs> Weird Al himself is like, okay, that that's okay, enough for some. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like uh yeah, I I thought a lot of the jokes were really great. I loved all the Sequences kind of explaining, like, oh, this is how the song came to be, or there's a lot mm-hmm. of inside jokes of mm-hmm. like they'd be having a conversation. It's like, oh, that's the lyrics to something. Um, yeah, I I love the kind of like his awakening scene, you know, when he's like, the with LSD his... trip, no, like when he's when he gets his first song, you know, and he does oh, oh the My Bologna, My Bologna. Scene? like, <laughs> I, I just thought, I was like, man, this is like super well shot, and just like the pacing for the joke and everything, and like. Daniel Radcliffe, just, like, he fully committed. Like, everybody in this yeah. movie, that's one thing I could say. Like, everyone fully committed to the absurdity. And, like... it's a like, really good point. And it, and it was great. And I think, like, the movie is elevated because of that. Like, he he did, like, such a great job just, I mean, you know, being Weird Al. But just, like, I feel like Daniel Radcliffe just kind of, I don't know, has found his niche in doing some of these kind of very... Like I don't, I don't even know what to categorize these roles as. Like just, I don't know. Like weird ass roles. Yeah, yeah like just, I don't, just
0: really like offbeat stuff that he's done post Harry Potter. Yeah, like just yeah. a
1: lot of stuff. But then he's weirdly good in it. Like really good. And it's like, well, yeah. good for you. Like this is what yeah. you should do. But yeah, just I, there's just a lot of like good jokes, in it, and then everybody was fully committed and that was great. Well, and
0: that that My Bologna scene, too, like, it's (laughs) such a good, it's such a good send-up of, like, the first time, like, someone discovers (laughs) their voice in a music Mm -hmm. biopic, too. It's such a perfect send-up of that, but the end result (laughs) is freaking My Bologna. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just so good. It's like, you know, he's like, balona like it's just like fully committed <laughs> fully committed yeah. like having a yeah. breakthrough moment so yeah, yeah. And, and
2: it's well edited too they up they yeah. the, the shots really well they go back and forth it's like times well with the music it's, yeah it's actually pretty well done from yes. an editing directing standpoint yeah uh I mean, I loved all the stuff involving Weird Al's dad and like, the story that he tells at the end of the oh, movie yeah. about being Amish. And, <laughs> and
1: then, like, com- as he gets to the with end, he's, like, that, The with that lyrics injury. to Amish period. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he's, like, did you even listen? That's why I told the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. When, it, when he was just, like, yeah, I didn't even know. And he's, like, yeah, yeah I know. I I, would, that's why I told I you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I, I love that kind of dumb humor. Um, I mean, yeah. I think that one thing that you you pointed out, Corey, that um, is correct is how everyone gave their all to this. Yeah. They they really sold the comedy. And, uh, you know, I think like the dad character did a good job playing that typical hard ass dad. You know who that guy is? Yeah. I've seen him before and I looked him up, but now I've forgotten again.
0: He was already the strongest man in the world on The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon.
2: Oh, what the hell? Yeah.
1: he he seems
2: like some character guy like actor that i've seen a million times he was also
0: on that amc show halt and catch fire but that's like Uh, not what i i just know him as already
2: pete and pete (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean evan rachel wood did a really good job yeah she's incredible in this
0: movie legitimately amazing in this movie
2: yeah like no lie
0: (laughs) i was like oh why do I think that the Weird Al movie should be nominated for Oscars? Like I, yeah. she's so good in this movie.
2: Yeah, she really inhabited that character. I didn't know she yeah. was capable of that. I mean, I know she, you know, she's a dramatic actress and she's done some good stuff on Westworld and all that stuff. Yeah. But but this was was real good. I liked her role in this a lot.
0: Yeah, she's next level in this movie, man. She's, she's really good. <laughs> Way better than yeah. the movie even deserves, kind uh, of. like Yeah,
2: kind of. I mean, and then, what is it, like, Raynan Wilson did a great yeah, job as Dr. Demento. Demento like, yeah. I didn't even know that he was... Uh, when I saw some of the pictures in this, I was like, wait, is Dr. Demento in this movie? And it's like, oh, no, that's yeah. Reynon Wilson, Wilson doing it.
1: It's like, oh, Yeah, well,
0: yeah. so when... When he got announced, like, because the, the thing came out and it was like, Rain Wilson's going to be in the Weird Al movie. I was like, he better be Dr. Demento. Like, as soon as they, they didn't even announce that he was playing Dr. Demento. But if you, you know, if you know Al's career, Dr. Demento is like a big reason why he's popular in the first place. Yeah. So as soon as, like, I saw the headline that was like, Rain Wilson joins Weird, the Al Yankovic story, I was like, that's that better be the movie's Dr. Demento or they horribly miscast him. Like, um. so it was, it was nice to find out, like, yes, they did actually correctly cast dr demento like he he just looks so much like
2: like yeah him. Yeah. yeah yeah it's true yeah um trying to think uh, whether characters oh i mean like some of the stuff involving the mom <laughs> where the where weird owl's mom uh, goes in the movie yeah if we're getting fat and stuff like that oh so good um yeah
0: she just like and then like they they they, like, pay lip service to the uh, to the song.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: Because yeah, she,
0: like, she says the lyrics to the song, yes. and then it <laughs> never comes up again. So yeah. good.
1: <laughs> but it was stuff like yeah. that. I love the little references to, you know, songs in his career. And I love how they kind of played with – I mean, you know, it's, like, going against all the tropes and whatever. But I just loved all the nods, like, if you're a Weird Al fan of, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like – these songs, you know, and like just the payoffs for the jokes and stuff of like, yeah. oh, you know, it's like another one rides a bus. Like it was a whole buildup of like the pool party scene. And then they oh have, they even have John Deacon there. And it's like, yeah, yeah, like that was great. <laughs> the bass player for Queen. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I this like, like Remind
0: him who he is. Like, yeah. no one knows who John Deacon is. <laughs> I know.
1: Like. That was hilarious. Um. Played by
2: one of your favorites, MJ. Yep, yep,
0: yep. yep. I knew you were going to bring this up, Mike. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to say his name this time? Um, yep. Yep, David Malkian is, <laughs> is in this movie. And I was just like, oh, great. I get to say his, his name, name again on the podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, that was that's hilarious. That was exactly my first thought when he came out. I was like, oh, great. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but he like, he, like, challenges him or he... Wolfman Jack, played by Jack Black, played brilliantly by Jack. Oh, Black. So, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. so good! So uh, good. Challenges him to like parody another one. bites the dust right there, and so he does, and then gets invited to play live aid with Queen. Yeah, what <laughs> a stupid joke! That whole pool party scene is amazing. Yeah, like, all the favors yeah. they called in for that one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even realize Conan was Warhol until the second shot of him.
2: Oh, it yeah. <laughs> took me a second. I, I remember, like, thinking, this guy looks really familiar, the facial structure. Yeah. And yeah. then, it like, I heard his voice. I was like, okay, I oh, think yeah. I know who this is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was great. And then uh, Paul F. Tompkins had a great story about how um, he, like, was being really friendly to Jack Black because they're friends. But he was in the Gallagher makeup. And Jack Black was just like, kind of had like a weird vibe around him because he didn't recognize that that was Paul F. Tompkins in the Gallagher makeup. And he's like 40, it took him 45 minutes before he was like, oh my God, Paul, like. Oh, (laughs) um,
2: that's funny. Yeah. Lots of great uh, actors and celebrities thrown in there in, in in fun ways. It's beyond just like, oh, it's that guy. Like they all have like, like roles to go and contribute yeah that being said if you know like their place maybe with weird al and his history or you know like where some of these references are uh, referring to themselves it enhances your enjoyment you don't need to watch this and be a weird al fanatic to like it yeah it definitely helps uh make you appreciate it even more i mean obviously like the part where Amish Paradise is played at the, what the music awards or whatever yeah. the Grammys. And then Julio yeah. is like getting yeah. angry. And like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if you know that history uh, it's funnier that
1: way, or, or like when he's getting like all those inside jokes, like the whole thing with like him and beat it and eat it. Like that's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, oh yeah. That yeah. he wrote it first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then like when they're, I, I really love the joke when he's at the Grammys and it's like, and now the award for like, the instrument in a very specific category whatever and then he wins it and then it cuts to prince prince and he gets up and walks away and if you know the history of like weird al always asked prince to cover Mm -hmm. his songs, to parody his songs and like prince would never like let it happen so stuff like that i was like oh i love the meta humor there
0: yeah yeah it's it's this weird like it's this weird thing where there's a bunch of true things in it but at the same time like if it weren't for Al writing the movie, they would have done absolutely no research into his
1: life. Yeah,
0: um, and that I think that's what makes it great because like he did record his first song in a public bathroom. It was yeah. just in a public bathroom in at Cal Poly, right? It wasn't just like a bus station bathroom. So right, it, like all that stuff is like it's like. One half step away from true, but the half step is such a weird half step. Yeah, uh, (laughs) it just like it has this weird this weird spin on it that's really funny. Mm -hmm. Like those brothers that they played were real record executives. That you know Tony and Tony and Ben Scotty. They they ran Scotty Brothers Records, which became Volcano Records, which I think became owned by Capital or whatever. But they did sign him to a fourteen album deal. In the early 80s. And like, there's that joke where he's like, Yeah, we're going to sign you to a 14 album deal. And he's like, Wow, really? And he's like, No, that's insane. Why would we do that? It's like, yeah, that's a crazy deal to offer someone is 14 albums. Most people are lucky if they release 14 albums in their career. Yeah. Let alone as part of one contract. And then because that contract was like existed, they had to honor it every time the freaking place got bought.
2: Yeah, that's wild when you think yeah. about it um
0: yeah crazy um and then like you said like the i think this is the thing about weird al and i kind of want to talk about this like (sighs) he's been a thing for like 40 or 50 years mm -hmm. right like everyone knows who weird al is yeah and everyone loves the Mm -hmm. guy and so like how do you do that especially with comedy like how do you like adapt to just like changing times and tastes and i'm not even like i don't even want to talk about like whether you're quote allowed to say something like not even that just like people's the the, the zeitgeist is always changing and i feel like weird i just always had a crazy like finger on the pulse of like where to like move with it
2: that's actually mm-hmm. a really good question um i guess my answer would be that i think mm-hmm. there's always room for parody and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really matter what the time and the place is. You just got to find whatever the new target is. And so the target this day, these days is, you know, these crappy biopic movies that mm. are a dime a dozen. And so he just adapted his style that he's been having going for yeah. decades now to that particular target this time. Um, I think you see the same sensibility that he's had for 40 years in this movie and the choice yeah. of humor generally i think that the only thing that is a slightly different in this movie is it's a little raunchier than i would expect a weird owl written kind of thing to be actually i mean it's not like super explicit in any way but it, i don't know it, it was there was a little more like sex kind of stuff in there but it's kind of part of what you need to do for a rock and roll biopic parody. Yeah. so I, yeah. I i get it um but everything else i mean is very much in keeping with who he is like i think that the times have changed but really he himself hasn't that would be my yeah. argument
1: no, those are, yeah, those are really good points, Mike. I feel like I would agree with a lot of that. I think he has shown, like, a level of awareness and adaptability throughout his career. And, I mean, like, you kind of see it in the songs he chooses to parody. Again, where it's kind of, he he's good at having, like, his finger on the pulse of, like, where things are going. And I think that's just, like, when you work... You know, for him specifically in music, but then just in this, like, very niche area of, like, parody and, you know, like, looking kind of at all of culture in this area, like, you know, through, like, a magnifying glass or a microscope, he's kind of just, he, he, I feel like he knows what to look for. And so, yeah, Yeah. Mike, that's a really good explanation of, like, he found that, like, oh, these music biopics that come out every year and, like, half of them suck, he's like, this (laughs) could be ripe. You know for a parody and you know he's got his signature style on it
0: yeah that's a good point but it, it's just interesting the way he goes about his parody is so different than anyone else mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. it's just like i don't know it's 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 weird because you know i the, the that 14 album deal kind of hurt him by the last by the time his last record came out um mandatory yeah. fun because you know a new song could be right like we'll use an example. Like I feel like Lizzo came out of nowhere, right? Like she was just mm-hmm. all of a sudden crazy mm-hmm. popular. Right. Right. But she's on her second album now. And like, she's definitely still selling out arenas. I don't want to take anything away from the, the woman's career, but like she, she's not as ubiquitous as she was with that first record. And yeah. the thing is like, because he was so locked into this thing of like, you have to release like a 12 song album. Mm hmm. And now YouTube is a thing, you know, Lizzo comes out in 2018, 2019 with, you know, Truth Hurts or whatever, like that, that was one of her big songs. The next day, you, me, Corey, everyone we've ever podcasted with can have their own parody of Truth Hurts on YouTube. And now like what's left for Weird Al to do, but like looking at his last album, Mandatory Fun, which came out in 2014, which was the the final album of his contract, he took some songs that have been popular for like a couple years at that point and still found like really interesting, like, you know, pun not intended weird angles to kind of take them in that still made them really funny. Um, and just like the, I feel like there's just like, he's just got this angle on stuff. Like he can feel like he always finds. And if you've heard, interviews with him he's very obsessive about this kind of stuff and i feel like it might be a second muscle he's developed um just from so many years of doing it but he just like he like pokes and prods at this stuff until like something really offbeat falls out of it for him and i think that's what makes his voice so much more unique than you know anyone else doing parodies on youtube or whatever because if you go listen to mandatory fun and then look up any of the other songs that are like or any of the songs that are parodied on Mandatory Fun that have a million parodies on YouTube, his is still the best one.
2: Yeah. 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 No, I, th- I think you bring up a good point. Well, one thing that I think is important about him is... Um, when it comes to the parodies that he makes, it's not really that mean-spirited. Exactly. You know, like, like yeah. He doesn't tear the song to shreds the way other people do. I think it's like the mm-hmm. easy course that a lot of people take when they do parodies is they kind of like rip on the song itself yeah. or the artist or some facts or circumstances or history around it. And he doesn't. He finds like a different angle about it. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, eat it is just like a bunch of food related things right yeah, yeah. It, it's like kind of like this jim gaffigan-esque like level humor where it's like yeah. about the food pun or like the funny yeah. like eating or it's not like it doesn't come from a mean-spirited place i mean maybe like smells like nirvana kind of is i want to say yeah. a little mean-spirited it's probably the closest that he gets to like kind of calling out the artist for um, perform <laughs> this way
0: to you, yeah the, the yeah this perform
2: way this way yeah but
0: i feel like it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because he's in a bunch of crazy costumes every night on stage too like yeah, i always read that song of yeah. like respect from him to lady gaga yeah um, like hey man i get it you have an angle i also right. have an angle
2: yeah yeah I, I think it's like having fun with it it's not like yeah. calling it out as like a bad thing um and so i think that's what kind of helps keep him um fresh and different than other yeah. people and also i just think he's well-educated he's you know his lyrics his lyric writing is really good yeah Um, like some some of the puns or the ideas that he comes up with are ahead of other people because he's just more intelligent than them i think that's what really helps him stay relevant
0: (laughs) yeah i mean he's a literal genius like he graduated high school at 16 like wasn't
2: he a valedictorian he was valedictorian at
0: 16 yeah um yeah he graduated valedictorian at 16 started college at 17 like he's just really has a degree in architecture um you know, but he's also just this like very offbeat, like silly person. And so it's always really funny when like someone that smart. I mean, Conan is the perfect example too, right? Like he's a Harvard educated dude with a degree in like American history and American literature. Um, but his most famous thing is like, the masturbating bear or like the yeah. the string dance like the, right. are, the, like people know that about Conan way more than they know that he went to Harvard um so it, it's always really funny to see someone who's like an actual literal genius just be like I'm going to get real silly with this mm-hmm. um but yeah I think you're totally right Mike that he's never been really mean-spirited about anything but he, like when he needs to be he's critical right but
2: yeah
0: <clears throat> um I think he, the other thing too, right? Like, cause there've been parody songs of popular songs since forever, but also on the internet for a long time. And I remember it kind of hurt his career early on in the, like the big early days of like LimeWire and Kazaa and uh, Audio Galaxy. Shout out to old, old olds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know, there was like this, the, the one that I remember is, there was this parody of I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys that was like, which Backstreet Boy is gay? And it was just like, okay, that was the thing in the 90s of like, oh, they they, they have long hair and they look pretty, like they're gay, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, And then Weird Al does a parody of that song on Poodle Hat, I think. It's called eBay, and it's just about him buying stuff on eBay. Like, he doesn't even brush up against that other song at all, right? And so right. I think that's what makes it last longer, too, is it's just like, Okay, haha, the Backstreet Boys look gay. Like that's like a really old, like it's it's like a hacky joke, right? Like anyone wow. can make that joke in two seconds after looking at them or hearing the song or whatever. But like g- listening to the song repeatedly and being like, okay, what kind of rhymes with this? Oh, eBay. Like eBay's a thing, and like eBay's still a thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, eBay has outlasted the Backstreet Boys, right? Like yeah, we you know if you hear that other song about the Backstreet Boys now it's kind of whatever like that's it's such it's it's so of its time and of it like you know also like also not like also using that word derogatorily is of its time too but not even that just like when we were having that conversation or whatever it was just that those couple years when they were really popular right but al Mm -hmm. found like an angle on it that's kind of forever
2: yeah yeah i think that's a good point um, nothing very few of the things he does is just based in a period of time. Uh, I mean, I was just thinking of, like, that song, that foil, the tinfoil song. Yeah, the Royals parody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, like, his last album probably isn't my favorite um, by any means, but... that song, like, it's based off of conspiracy theories and all, that, or it goes in a place that's based off of conspiracy yeah, theories. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, it goes off the rails. But it's based off of conspiracy theory ideas that have been around for like 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So yeah. it's not like based off any one particular conspiracy right now. Like, you know, nowadays, you would go make some hack would go make a conspiracy theory video about, well, I'm not going to take whatever <laughs> conspiracy theories people might believe in out there because I don't want to alienate our audience. <clears throat> but <Yeah. laughs> um, they, they would take something very contemporary. And and then it would be instantly outdated in about you know two or three years
0: yeah yeah i mean even like um like that that, that parody he has of avril lavigne's complicated right like everyone made the constipated joke when that movie came or when that yeah. song came out right his version of it though is he does it he does the constipated joke in the first verse and then it goes to the most insane place like it just like it just levels up because like You hear it and you're like, okay, yeah, a bunch of cheese jokes. Okay, he's constipated. Yeah, whatever. Like, it's funny. And the way he writes is still funny because he's, like, we said, a genius. So, like, the lyrics are still really clever. But that song hinges on its, like, second and third verses where, like, he ends up getting decapitated. (laughs) Um, And, like, (laughs) it just goes into these, like, really odd places where, like, anyone else doing that parody would have just done the constipation joke for the entire song.
2: Mm hmm. And I would also say that. A lot of the songs, they do a good job escalating like Mm -hmm. that. They're not just, oh, this is the joke, and then we do it for three minutes, this is the joke. It's like they keep on escalating in ridiculousness or in how they're playing with the subject matter in some way. And so it's so many parody songs are just like, I get it, like after the first 10 seconds. And then it's just that joke the entire way through.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Because foil starts with like keeping food Mm -hmm. fresh yeah and then it becomes like a tinfoil hat song. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right
2: <clears throat> then you know like his his original stuff too right like yeah. like like the one like what is it like you like i don't want to spend another second with you or you yeah, know like or you don't love more, me anymore one more, one
0: more oh man that's my favorite weird <laughs> song. <also. laughs>
2: <laughs> you know or christmas at ground zero Like, yeah. like just keep on like leveling yeah. up with how ridiculous yeah. they the get the night santa and, went crazy like yep. yeah yeah And and I think that's his like testament as a songwriter is that he just doesn't like play the same thing for the next three minutes. It goes somewhere with it. He tells a story with it, whatever. And his music videos too are the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. His movie, I mean this movie too, right? Like it, 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 it's essentially one joke, Mm -hmm. which is a send up of biopics, but it's done in this like Zazz style that, you know, we don't have movies like that anymore where like the point of the joke is to be the joke. A lot of the times, like there's so much here that's just because it's funny is why it's in the movie. And I think that like, we need more movies like that. And, but Mm. at the same time we see it build like that factory joke, right? Any other movie would have had that one line at the beginning of like, you won't even tell me what you make at the factory um and then his dad says like you'll get to know when you start working there or whatever and then like it comes back and then it comes back again mm-hmm. and it starts paying <laughs> off off of like a, a maybe second and a half interaction I- early in the movie like all this stuff happens but then the, i mean even st- stuff as as throwaway as the hey boy becomes a major plot point later in the movie. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and all the little Pablo Escobar references that are dropped into the movie. (laughs) Yeah. It becomes relevant as a villain antagonist. I
0: totally thought the Pablo Escobar thing was a one-off joke.
2: (laughs) Right. Same. And so I was incredibly happy when that paid off the way it did. Yeah. He became involved (laughs) in the plot. Um, (laughs) Yeah. His movie is very much structured like a Weird Al song in the Mm -hmm. sense of it. Sets up something that's like already kind of funny. Like Pretty early on, you figure out, okay, this is like being a parody. Yeah. But then it continues to escalate the craziness in, in a fun way. I mean, UHF is kind of the same thing. It goes yeah. places, too. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not just content with settling for the easy joke and just stopping there, which I really appreciate with his sense of humor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's true. Corey, do you have anything to add? I feel like Mike and I kind of got real Weird Al fanboy. There
1: for no, no, it, no, it's great. Like I agree with a lot of what you're saying and it's, it's cool to hear your guys' perspective. Like I like Weird Al. I'm just not, I would say mm-hmm. like you guys are very, very deep in the know and like, yeah, we're kind of know. diehards. <laughs> no, That's great. That's great.
0: Um, <clears throat> And then like even the cameos too, right? Like, I didn't even think about the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda would be in this movie until, like, as I hit play, and I was like, oh, I wonder if Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be in this movie. And yep. uh, he's, the, like, the first guy to yeah. see, yeah. uh, which, which really <laughs> made me laugh. But, like, <clears throat> I feel like any other movie, and I think this is why the, like, the X movie movies don't work, like, Scary Movie or whatever, like, mm. or the, like, Meet the Spartans or whatever those types of movies are. Like, they just, like, bring up the thing and make you go, like, make you do the Leo pointing gif and then that, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the joke i guess but here like lynn just shows up like he just is an er doctor right he doesn't do a hamilton reference he doesn't like rap right. or anything like any other movie would have done that but like mm-hmm. the point here is like it's just funny that they played it so straight
2: mm-hmm. yeah right. like it's yep. just like th- these are his friends and they showed up and they're just playing yeah. some roles yeah. that's it yeah <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah, or like, uh, uh, what's his name? Yorma Tacone, who mm. from Lonely Island is as is Pee-wee Herman, um, who's super good at Pee- being Pee-wee Herman. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Shit. I didn't <laughs>
2: realize that was him. Dang. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he weird. Al, I, I was watching him on Seth on Seth Meyers with Daniel Radcliffe, and he said that Yorma Tacone was basically like called him and was like, "I have to be in your movie." Mm. And he was like, ah, that's fine, man. But like, I don't like, really, <clears throat> we ha- don't have a lot of money here. Um, and you're in New York and we're filming in LA. And he was like, I know I have like, because of SAG rules, I have to get paid like a certain, like a minimum level of mm. payment. Especially if I speak in the movie, I'm going to pay to fly out. Like I could like tell the production, don't worry. I'm covering my flight. And so he like paid to fly out from New York to L.A. to come film the Pee Wee Herman bit. Wow. Um, Yeah, because he just like... And it, like, I, then it got me, that got me wondering, like, I do wonder how many people like hit up him to be like, I'm going to be in your fucking movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, like cause like you watch it and you're like, Oh, he called it every favor. But then you realize like, he, Oh, people love this guy in the industry. Like he's friends with so many comedians and like talented mm-hmm. other, other talented people and made so many connections. And he's been such a staple of someone of so many people's lives, like for the majority of it. But I feel like people were coming out of the woodwork to be like, Hey man, anything you need me to do, I'm there. Like, just name it.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, just speaking to people who are impacted by it, you know, us here, right? Like huge formative parts of our lives. Like I think a huge sense, a huge part of my personality or my sense of humor has come from Weird Al and Weird Al music videos and that stuff. Like you you can definitely trace like a direct line between some of the humor in the movies that we make and you can put it towards Weird Al for sure. Um, So, yeah, I. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people um, who showed up were just, like, forcing their way into it because they wanted to be, you know, paying tribute (laughs) to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, Mike, I have this other question for you. Did you get weirdly emotional at the end of this movie?
2: (laughs) A a little bit. Like, you know... It, it made me more nostalgic than anything mm-hmm. like i went through basically all of his music videos again like i went yeah. back to youtube and started like watching some stuff because i'd just been kind of out of that weird Al phase mm-hmm. of my yeah. life for probably like 10-ish years uh and so i guess in a way it made me emotional and, and nostalgic and it made me kind of sad for like an era that feels like it's kind of passed in a way mm-hmm. So I, I kind of get what you're saying, but um, how about you? What were you yeah, thinking?
0: I full on cried, like cried. Yeah. I don't know if it was just, I, yeah. I don't know if I was thinking about something else in my life around the, the time. But like every time I think about the end of this movie, which is the dumbest ending, uh, but <laughs> he he gives this like really kind of inspirational, like actually inspirational speech at the end of just like, hey, like be okay with yourself essentially. Like, yeah. Um And... It just kind of locked into perspective, like how much he's been a part of my life. Like you said, like mm-hmm. he's just kind of always been there. Um, yeah. And you know, I I, I, I hashed this out, um, Tracy, if you're listening, hi. Um, I hashed this out with my friend Tracy after, and I think the other thing is is just like he. This is gonna make this sounds really maudlin. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll say it. Um, he like when I first discovered Weird Al, like it changed my life. Like you like, it's it's like, uh, it's like, you know, when um once again, that Seth Meyers interview I was watching, um, <clears throat> he talked about how the, the scene where the Scotty brothers listen to uh, my bologna for the first time. And they're like, wow, this changes everything. And it's kind of a joke. And Seth Meyers was like, no, the first time I heard eat it, I was like, no, this changes everything. Like, this mm-hmm. this has permanently altered my life. And uh, that's, like, how I felt the first time I heard The Saga Begins. And it's because, like, it just wow, this is going to make me sound like a total sad, sack kid. And I promise I wasn't, but it just, like, it made me feel less alone. Like it made me feel like, I always mm-hmm. felt like, not like an outsider. Like I had friends, I've had friends my whole life. I've never like had any like real issues socially or anything like that, but it just made me feel like somebody out there got me more than anyone else I'd ever met um which is weird because he was like a 40 year old man at that point but (laughs) it it just like it, it was just like oh this guy's like being silly on purpose and it's really funny but it's also really smart like yeah you know like as a kid like you're like oh this is a thing i get right like i get star wars i get episode one but my parents were kind of older so i knew american pie and i was like oh that's funny like he's doing like an american pie thing um and uh it was just like, oh, it just like activated every neuron I have. Like, <laughs> to be like, oh, this is like all my interests wrapped into one thing. Like, I like music. I liked that song as a kid. I like that movie. Like, and like the video's really funny. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like good mm-hmm. jokes in it, top to bottom. And so, And the lyrics are really clever and funny too. And so it was just like, I was just like, oh, I didn't know. It was, you know, I talk about Punch Drunk Love being the movie that made me go like, oh, a movie can be that. Like, I was just like, I didn't know you could do that with music. Like, I had a concept Mm. of what comedy was at that point. But I just like the idea of there being funny music really had never occurred to me. And so seeing that for the first time was just like, holy crap. Like, you've unlocked a whole different like side of this thing, this art form for me, essentially
2: hmm No I get that. Um, you know, I think he demonstrates to me something that like maybe I hadn't realized, which is that like you can make like funny things, but they can also be really high quality and good. Yes. Like yes. His his music is like actually legitimately good music. Outside yeah. of just being the parody of stuff. And and like the people that he works with and he himself are like good musicians. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're really talented. <laughs> like like like, you know, there's something that our society does, which is we will go and relegate comedy to being like this thing that's lesser than drama yeah. or, yeah. you know, lesser than the serious quote unquote things out there. But you can make stuff that's high quality and good and still be funny. Like it, yeah. those aren't mutually exclusive ideas. And I think he's, he was an important person towards achieving that. You know, there's also been other comedians and other people like that out there, but he's definitely like one of the key people I'd say in the last generation or two to achieve that kind of ability to be both good and funny.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he just I think the other thing too is like he's got this reputation of being like just very kind too, which I feel like is hard yeah. to come by and it feels genuine like you know, I, once again don't know the man, he could be a total phony but I'd be surprised to learn that. Um and uh you know, so he's always just like like he's always kind of been a role model to me in that way too, of just like, Oh, you can be like nice and funny and cool with everyone and like be silly at the same time. And like it doing that affects people's life positively. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I just like that. Like, I like that idea of like someone can be like really off kilter and, fun and funny and still like have this meaningful effect on someone's like you said like being yeah. good and funny right like you can still mm-hmm. meaningfully affect someone's life while joking like 90 percent of the time
2: right and, and you can be a good person and be successful you know yeah. apparently because like yeah. like you said obviously we don't know him but by all accounts he seems to be a good person and most yeah. people seem to like him he did, i don't hear any stories about him being an asshole to people um yeah. And, you know, you just hear so many nightmare stories about people in Hollywood who are just assholes to people. And yeah. uh, it's nice to hear about one story where someone oh, yeah. was successful and was not that way. Yeah. So overall, a uh, good movie. Recommend um, it, to people who are like are off put and confused by roku having like a movie thing (laughs) like it's really not that hard to go and watch it i mean you could just log into the website and watch it like that yep uh it's it's really easily accessible i'm glad that you know i don't know what the arrangement was for this but i i'm glad that roku maybe put up i guess i'm assuming some of the money for it um i'm glad that you know somebody did one thing i would like to maybe touch on is um just overall we have definitely seen the death of like movie comedies at the box office in theaters. Um, I think most people just think of them as streaming things, but even then I don't know. I think there's a lot of like stuff on Netflix. It's like, this is a comedy movie other than maybe like an Adam Sandler thing or something.
0: Yeah. There's the Adam Sandler stuff. Um, one that I really enjoyed over the last couple of years was that movie. Um, Oh shoot. What's it called? Always be my maybe, but that's a rom-com. Like it's not just a straight up comedy. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like you need to have the ROM part of it to even have like any sort of calm.
0: Any, <laughs> yeah, yeah, any sort of a chance. Yeah, I uh, yeah, what was it, the last like major comedy movie to come out? Was it Popstar? There's no way.
1: No,
2: I, I, yeah, Popstar and like Game Night are the most recent oh, things Game I can
0: Night,
1: think yeah. of. Oh, yeah, well, I guess What We but, Do
0: in the Shadows, too. I mean, I guess that came out the same year as Popstar, or like a year before. Oh, oh my yeah. god, that came out in 2014. Popstar, uh, no, What We Do in the Shadows, that's crazy. Um, yeah Popstar came out in
2: 2016 yeah and that, boy i think game night was 2018 so i mean yeah. okay we're talking like four years ago still that's yeah that's quite a long time <laughs>
0: that's crazy yeah what, has, was there was one of the jump street sequels after that uh,
1: I, I don't was think 2014 so. yeah the second one the second one came out in 2014
0: i think so that's nuts seth rogan has to have, i mean i guess even seth rogan's movies got kind of rom y there like there's that movie the long shot um that's a t- it's a seth rogan movie for sure but it's definitely a rom-com as well
2: yeah and Corey's right yeah 22 jump street was 2014 21 that's was wild. 2012. Oh yeah 21 yeah. jump street came out 10 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah it's insane man like, we are uh, definitely living in an age where we don't have enough of this kind of comedy.
0: That's nuts.
2: And and I really do miss, like, good parody comedy. Mm-hmm. I know that we, we suffered through a period where we had, yeah, like, another teen movie and yeah. all the X-type movies that you were talking about. But a really well-done version of these is still something that hits, like, pretty well with me. Like, you know, a naked gun or an airplane. Mm, yeah, all um... that stuff. Oh, Like... I'm missing that hard. And, and this kind of, that's what made me kind of sad at the end was, man, why don't we have more of these kinds of movies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And people are liking this movie too. So there's definitely an audience for it for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you guys um, see
0: confess Fletch?
2: No, still need to go hmm. and watch it.
0: That's also a straight up comedy. I mean, I guess there's like a mystery at the center of it too, but like yeah. it's really funny. There's a lot of really good jokes in that movie too.
2: Yeah, I've heard enough about it at this point. I think from you and some other people I trust are going to go and want to check it out.
0: Yeah, I think you would dig it. I think you'd be real into it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, a, like it's not... definitely
0: different than like a Zaz type comedy, like this one is, or like like you said, like Airplane or Top Secret or something. Yeah, um, but like it's just like it's just like him being a smartass, right? Like.
2: Yeah, that's well, it. you know, like a Shane Black kind of comedy. That's true. Great. Like you the know, Nice Guys. Ni- nice Guys. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even that came out in like 2018 now too, though, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's that's even that's like 2016 or
1: something. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> no. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah,
0: the Nice Guys came out six years ago.
1: That movie is great.
0: It's so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's. Is. I mean. I guess the closest thing would be like a knives out maybe but there's not like joke jokes in that movie
2: yeah yeah it doesn't get wild like the way some of these other things do yeah yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. i mean the nice guys doesn't really get like wild wild but like no yeah you're right there's so many jokes in this movie that exist just to be the joke you know and like Mm -hmm. that that is sorely missed like i (laughs) there is there people were talking about top secret the other day um on twitter and uh Man, that movie's funny. Have you guys seen Top Secret?
2: Yeah, but it's, I mean, no. I saw it when it came out, so or, you know, on VHS or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, Top Secret came out in
2: 1984. Um, oh, but, okay, well, then, yeah, I didn't see when it came out. So yeah. that was before I was born, but still, yeah. But like there's There's
0: there's all these like weird non-sequitur jokes that literally just exist to be a joke. So like there, there's a part where um Val Kilmer like pushes a guy off a rooftop and like it's like a guy like a guy attacks him and he pushes him off the rooftop and then when the guy hits the ground he just shatters like a porcelain doll like he just oh. shatters into <laughs> million pieces he has not been previously frozen like there has been nothing there has been no earlier setup to this where there's like a part where he's sneaking around and he like he comes up to like someone's shoes and he like looks up and the camera pans up with him and it's literally just the pair of boots standing there. Like there's not a guy oh. in the boots. Oh, it's such a so good, good joke. It's such <laughs> a good joke. But it literally is just there to be that joke.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we need more of. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna make a really high level point that's probably very flimsily <laughs> supported, but I think it's kind of part of the reason why our culture and society is so fucked up these days. (laughs) So we don't have enough of these kinds of movies. Um, I think we need to laugh more. I think we just take everything a little too seriously and like it's the end of the world. And maybe if we pulled back a bit and like laughed at ourselves and the absurdity of things, things might be a little bit better. But um, like I said, that's probably a higher level conversation that deserves more (laughs) support than just me saying it after watching one movie.
1: Hey, I mean, there yeah. could be some credence to it. I mean, like, I agree with you, and we don't see comedies kind of in the mass market, like you know, in theaters, and it's like a movie like this has to come out on Roku, even yeah. like one of the yeah. even I'm one of the so biggest streaming giants. I'm so mad I couldn't see this movie with it. an
0: audience. I'm yeah. so mad I couldn't see this movie with an audience. I watched it on Discord with a couple of friends, and like we didn't turn our mics on so we couldn't hear each other laughing because that would have been really annoying but <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like we we had our chat pulled up on our phone and like that felt somewhat similar but man i was cracking up here i would have loved to have seen this in a theater
2: yeah yeah i mean like i saw you know some pictures that we al himself was posting from some premieres or whatever they were having and i was kind of feeling oh man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, i wish i had been yeah. there
0: <laughs> yeah wow man guys i googled recent comedy movies and it is bleak yeah it is bleak because there's not like, like I would say like everything everywhere all at once has jokes in it. Like it's a,
2: f- mm-hmm. there's yeah. funny
0: stuff in the movie, but it's not a comedy. Yeah,
2: yeah. I feel like comedy has been subsumed into like other genres. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've obviously one of the common knocks against Marvel is how they just have too many quip, jokey joke crap in them. Yeah. yeah. Like, removing from the drama, but an actual like movie that basically just exists for the sake of the joke is yeah. very rare these days.
1: Why do you think that is, Mike? I know you kind of, like, made a macro-level statement. Um, But why do you think the industry... Do they not perform well? Is it just kind of like the culture turned against it? I
2: I would make two points. I think, you know, this is probably the um, Box Center response from some people. But I do mean it somewhat sincerely. I do think that, you know, we have a more sensitive culture. um, And some people just don't find some things as funny anymore. Um, But I think... The other part of it is, is that um, we, I think that comedies themselves, um, they're not seen as worth spending the 10, the 15, the $20 ticket price of going to a theater anymore. And so they're just seen as streaming type things only. And I I think that we just value them as a society differently than we used to. I don't know what, why that changed, but it's just basically like the cop, the popcorn comic book superhero blockbuster is now seen as the only thing worth the investment of a theater ticket.
0: Right. Oh, I think mm-hmm. the other thing too is like, I, I, I mean, not, I, you're not doing this. Like, I'm not, I don't want to make this an accusation <laughs> against you. Mike, yeah, but yeah. I, think, I think you can still operate within those sort of sensitivities and still be really funny. Like I, oh yeah, like that. You know, I think a lot of people use that as a cop out answer. Once again, yeah. not you right now,
2: um, right? Which is why, but, definitely why, like, I went and like added some cautionary language in front yeah, of it. Yeah, because
0: yeah. Yeah. like, once again, like, also, you could choose to not and still make your movie. Like, you probably won't find as big of an audience, but you could still choose to not. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's so much easier to make a movie nowadays than it used to be. But I think I think it does have to do with um, uh, you know, the no one's paying to no one's paying to see them, right? Like, yep. I yep. That's, that's all it is. Like, any movie that's just people in rooms talking doesn't make mm-hmm. money anymore. There are no, yep. there are no movies that make money that are just people in rooms talking. Like, which is why you have a movie that's great, like The Irishman, right? I know, weird choice, but like, movies, three hours, three and a half hours of people in rooms talking. That's all that happens in that movie. Yep. I really liked it. And I did get to see it in a theater, but, Took a lot of doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the last, Mm -hmm. once again, the last successful people in rooms talking movie was *Knives Out*. Um, Yeah, you know that's the and that was an exception to the rule. Even when that came out a few years ago, like it was, it was good. Like I remember everyone calling that movie kind of a miracle that that they was successful because of that. Um, Yeah, I guess *Crazy Rich Asians* would have also been up there too.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, one of the part, one of the things to go and talk about when it comes to like the sensitivities aspect of this, there's obviously two different kinds of comedies. You know, there's like the more raunchy or politically incorrect type comedies, or you know, whatever. Like you could trace the line. I don't even know. I, you know, I'm not like an expert on comedy movies, but you know, you can trace them all the way to back to like animal house and other things like that. Right. Right. Yeah. There's there's certain things that were being said in those types of movies that were probably, are probably not like very applicable today or like revenge of the nerds. Like, don't they basically like, like there's like a sexual assault basically like, you know, some of these things like some of these things like don't um, play well today. Okay. That kind of stuff, that kind of comedy is like totally died. And you know, you can say maybe for good reason for some of these things. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's another type, you know, the month, the Monty Python, the yeah. Conan O'Brien, the yeah. weird owl type of humor, where it's just totally off the wall. Insanity. It's not based off of like offending anybody right. or being politically Muppets. incorrect. Right. Muppets. Like it's not based off of like pushing the envelope. It's just about being totally zany and absurd. Mm-hmm. And, and that we're not seeing those types of movies made really that much either. And so, um, I think it's also just because that kind of, the audience for that kind of thing is actually still pretty niche. I mean, there's a lot of people, there's, you know, millions of people, tens of millions of people that will go and watch that or yeah. seek it out. But it's not like the same as maybe some of these other types of comedies that I was just talking about or a rom-com. So if you have a choice between making a zany off the wall thing versus a rom-com, you'll make a rom-com. Yeah. Um, you know, opportunity cost is a big, important thing when it comes to making anything. It's like, well, I could yeah. spend this money obtaining this audience, or I could spend this amount of same amount of money obtaining an even bigger audience. I'm going to go and spend that amount of money on the bigger audience.
0: Well, I think the other thing too, is that even this movie is zany and off the wall as it is, which it definitely is. It's not not, yeah. but it got made because it's attached to a known guy. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It's, it's 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 a guy. It's it's a public figure. Who is who? It's yep. based off of. So it's not it's not even a wholly original type of movie like that. Um, you know, it just and even like even the guys who are doing these style of movies like Michael Showalter who made Wet Hot American Summer, which is hilarious. Um, and so, I mean, that's a movie where a guy gets turned into a sentient can of talking vegetables. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh you know he went and made the tv show plural mm-hmm. for netflix and they were just as absurd as the movie and the first one at least was just as funny um but the last like the last like breath of that sort of comedy i feel like happened on tv and that was like 30 rockin community um mm. and then they like dan Harmon went and did rick and morty which i guess has some similar sensibilities to that but even that's like animation like is yeah. still a cheaper medium and a smaller mm. buy-in you know um yeah. and well, yeah
2: animation itself is just overtaken like whatever comedy sphere there is in, in american entertainment it feels like
0: yeah and i guess you could say so there was a hit comedy this year called jackass forever but that's like it's is way different It's is way yeah. it's way different yeah
1: um that's and it's a known and it's a known thing like you were saying also the fourth the
0: fourth one of those as well yes
1: and but also
2: uh, coming after a pretty long hiatus and a lot of people were talking about when it came out like wow this is like from a bygone era it feels like yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and like you know also still kind of a rom-com and i don't really want to talk about that part of it but um (laughs) like licorice pizza is a movie that i really liked from last year and it was three-hour movie of people talking in rooms <laughs> like mm. um and i had to see it at the art house theater but i still got to see it at a theater like how, when's the next time i'm gonna be able to do that i don't know um yeah and there's funny stuff that happens in that movie but it's still it's kind of about a romance a little bit <laughs> um so yeah i don't know the the nick cage movie a little bit but that's an action comedy. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think you need to attach the comedy to some other genre to be viable these days it feels like. At least sucks, that's man. what producers have convinced themselves is the case. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you unlocked why I'm such a big 30 Rock fan by the way. I've always wondered why I liked that show so much and it's because mm-hmm. it's got that sort of Muppety... um Humor of just like, oh, this yeah. is just g- just gonna be silly. Like, there's gonna be jokes in here that are just here to be a joke.
1: Be a joke, yeah. Yep, and I think
0: yeah. man, it's so it's so important to have a comedy movie where they're just jokes, mm. and that's it, right? Like, it, I don't know. It's, I feel like everything is overly concerned with having to say something. And I don't mean even like having a larger message about society or something, though. That is often the case, um, but like. I don't know. There's just this sort of, I feel like people, I feel like people feel like they're tapped out on ideas and they're not.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to say, I was, you know, it's like you guys are given thoughts about that. I was kind of wondering, it's like going back to more of the creators and the creatives behind the, you know, the straight up type of comedy. Like, is it just the people coming up nowadays, like don't know how to write comedies like this. I know there's all the like profit and financial stuff we're talking about and like audience Mm -hmm. and opportunity costs, but is there just kind of like a loss of like, there's just kind of been enough of a lapse in that where there's just a lot of people who like don't really have, you know, they didn't really have comedies that they were watching, like the type of comedies we're talking about to kind of inform them in -hmm. their formative years. And so we, we kind of I mean, have have lost that i don't know Is this...
2: that, that, that's an interesting point you know i think that like a lot of writing you know a lot of writers go and cut their teeth in writing rooms and stuff like that they might mm-hmm. be on some like late night show writing room writing jokes with people and then they kind of spread their wings after that and like go and do things themselves and um you know i wonder if maybe the the pipeline for that process has been screwed up um or been disrupted in some way i think you know, there's a lot of comedians who want to have a message and sometimes that message gets in, in the way of the humor um mm-hmm. you know I, I wonder if maybe like the daily show i mean while it's produced a lot of funny people if, if there's a lot of comedians who get involved with the daily show but then they also get involved in the political humor yeah. of, of it more and they become more activisty than comedian um yeah and you know i, I don't know I, I don't know where it comes from either i feel like the pipeline did get messed up somewhere along the way i know exactly or, or, what it is why was it the Simpsons
0: it's the Simpsons killed this yeah yep it's the Simpsons um I think ever since the Simpsons stopped being good mm. that's when this type of humor dropped off
2: yeah mm. I mean that that's a pretty good argument for that you know and uh that might be very well the case yeah there's
0: so many people who went and did stuff after the Simpsons right like Conan's I mean, mm-hmm. the perfect example SNL too Yeah. yeah yep yeah snl oh S N L is a huge one now that I think about it it's a, it's S N L ever since S N L stopped being good
1: yeah, yeah. which I mean was it wild but
0: even well <laughs> but also like you have people who are geniuses coming out of there like Bill Hader but like Bill Hader like he's making like a lot of them are doing like horror movies right like Jordan Peele right J- Jordan mm, Peele yeah. kind of came out of that uh style of comedy and like if Bill Hader once he because Barry's the next, the last season of Barry is the next season. The next season of Barry is the last season of Barry. And, um, I would bet an exorbitant amount of money on that dude making a horror movie as soon as he raps on Barry. Um, mm-hmm. it just like the way Barry is going and the, especially cause he's directing every episode of this last season of Barry. And also oh, the, wow. the best episodes of Barry have unquestionably been the episodes he's directed, um but just the way those episodes have been going he's directing a horror movie next i just feel it like or some like some scorsese riff that has a lot of jokes in it but is not a comedy um Mm -hmm. yeah i i i just that's the feeling i get i can't wait for him to start making movies i'm so excited for him to start making movies but like every time like he because he directed like three quarters of the episodes of this last season of barry and every time i was just like oh my god like you're going to be such a good film director someday um he's doing stuff on tv that is just like it's insane to me that that he's operating at the level he's operating at and keeping that show at the level it is to the point where like if this last season doesn't stick the landing, I'm going to be like really disappointed because
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think it could be one of the best shows, if not the best show ever made, if it sticks the landing. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's good. But, it, you know, and it, Bill Hader came out of SNL and he's a genius, but, yeah, um, you know, John Mulaney's a really good stand-up comedian. He's a great stand-up comedian. He's probably my favorite working stand-up comedian today. But I don't think he's a very good writer as far as like this kind of writing
2: yeah i would say it seems like a lot of really talented funny people just decide to do stand-up comedian or become stand-up comedians and that's it they don't seem to branch out and become writers of fiction and you know i I was also thinking about um i just finished severance last week and ben stiller is heavily involved with making that and you know but here he is making some it's absurdist but it's not like haha funny it's that worth watching it's it's good. I like it. You know, I'm I'm a little afraid of the answers that it's going to give are not going to pay off. Sure. A, a very it much more, from Is loss. It more
1: commentary humor than like? No. someone was telling me about the other night, and I was like, "Do I need to watch this?" Like, it, well, first of times. all, it's
2: not it's not even humorous in the first place. It mm. it is very much like a drama. It's oh, it's got okay. some funny bits because of the incongruity of some of the drama, like the fact that people are are working yeah, like, this building and that they, they don't, don't understand what do yeah, you and they don't do. remember their yeah yes right yeah like yeah the premise is like whenever they go inside this building their like lives are separated from yeah. their life outside the building so all they remember when they're inside is what they're working on and when all they get out yep. all they remember is their life outside and that's it so their lives are severed um uh, it's very much drama yeah um and it's good i i like it um i'd be interested to actually hear your guys's thoughts um
0: i've heard it's good um, I've heard nothing but good things about it, actually.
2: Yeah. I, it's, even if the payoff isn't going to land or, or work, yeah. I actually think that this the journey of it will have been worth it um, in the sense of I think it's really well made. Like yeah. it, Ben Stiller did a fucking fantastic job directing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's, he has got some it. great – yeah, he directed, like oh. the, I'd say, the majority of the episodes or maybe like three or four of them. Um, wow, yeah, he
0: directed a lot of them. I was listening to him on a podcast talking about it because some other guy wrote all of them
2: yeah uh, So okay, he didn't yeah. He
0: didn't have a hand in writing it um it came to him because he has that red hour production company so the oh, script yeah. came to red hour and he read it and he was like whoa this is wild like i this is such a creative idea like i i, I want to make this And so yeah he, he got yeah. it made it at, at apple um and i think he probably got it made on his name <laughs> um yeah i wow. think he said as much basically that like he came because he did he did another sci-fi show for like amc didn't he or like a uh, yeah, or a, or a, I, a, a prison break style show.
2: Some, um, I know he's been involved in some other things before, but it, I just think that um, it's an interesting example of how you know formerly comedic people have now turned their sensibilities toward more dramatic forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, and he's obviously very talented. Like he's he's doing a great job with Severance. Um, it just makes it kind of sad that like I don't know. It, I mean, if these people are doing what they want to do, then so be it. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm just right. like to go I and see mean, talented people make talented, funny comedies. That's all.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, I didn't finish my point about Michael Showalter earlier. So he made this movie where this guy becomes a, a a talking can of beans or whatever, and um then he goes and makes they came together, which is sort of a zaz movie, but it's a rom com, right? Um, I love that movie a whole lot. It's very very funny. Um, but it and it's still a parody movie, but it's a parody of the rom com. And then he makes The Big Sick, which is just a rom-com. A very, very funny rom-com that I really loved. but it's just a rom-com. Like, mm-hmm. there's not there's not the silliness in it that exists within Wet Hot American Summer or within They Came Together. And then he goes and makes... Uh, he's made a couple other things since then, but he goes and makes um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is, like, a message movie. And, like, I... Did like that movie, but it's not a zany comedy about the, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. It's pretty mm-hmm. standard biopic about them. um, mm-hmm. you know, with with the, uh, sort of a message about American evangelicalism. Not really sort of. I don't know. Uh, not the podcast for that, but uh, it, it it's just not the type of movie he started out making. And like I like The Big Sick, like I said, a whole lot. It was my favorite movie the year it came out. I'd rather he was making movies like Wet Hot American Summer with guys who turn into talking cans of vegetables.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, if this is what they love and this is what they like doing. I can't blame them for it, but I just would like personally... (laughs) Some more of these types of things and that's that's the thing that made me sad when yeah. uh weird owl was over was just this sense of uh oh, when's the next one of these gonna be it's gonna be like three years from now <laughs> if
0: that like yeah gonna be like a decade or more you know like especially <sighs> like yeah i think the other thing too is it like this is gonna sound real morbid, but it like made me confront al's mortality it very much does because he dies at the end of the movie <laughs> but, like, he, he's a 63-year-old man. Like, he's got less time in front of him than he does behind him. Like, straight yeah. up. And, yeah. And, like, it just made me sad for, like, when people like that are going to leave us. Um, mm, and, like, yeah. it just, it was just like, oh, man, he's been not just been, like, such a positive force in my life, which he has, but just, like, he's been such a funny, fun, cultural critic when he needs to be that, like, hes j- he just lets the air in the room through what he does, you know, like he just, he makes us not take ourselves so freaking seriously all the time.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he is irreplaceable, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not like anyone is okay. But it's like, there's no obvious successor to his style of humor. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's funny that you brought out the Lonely Island guys. Cause sometimes I feel like they, they got kind of close to it, but they're a little more raunchy. And yeah. They're, yeah. They're different. They got their own thing. Um, yeah. You know, and, and they can be funny, though. Um, But it's not the same.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they sold out. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sold out to the mouse. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like him and then. We've been watching Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Like, Steve Martin and Martin Short, like, they, they're yeah. less parody, but, like, that kind of, like, Humor. irreverent for yeah. just being irreverent's sake. Like, there's some, f- so, they, there's there's a lot of jokes on that. They're not surrealist or absurd the way that, um you know, the a movie like Weird or Airplane or whatever are. But there's, like, a lot of jokes on that show that exist just to be a joke. It doesn't move the plot forward, but, like, it's just because they're so naturally funny at saying funny things that they write a line for them to say, like, something that's just funny and you know there's just been a couple times because they're even more up there than al uh yeah that, like i was just like oh it's really gonna do a number on me particularly when steve martin goes like i'm really gonna be like i'm really gonna feel that one i think um because once again like they just like they're just so funny in a way that still is like they have good reputations about them too i think the other thing too is like you just hear about these comedians and funny people and like, you know, they always feel so broken and sad. Even someone mm. like Robin Williams, right? Like the way he out, yeah. like, it was just like, oh, you were just like a, you know, you brought so many people joy and you were just sad. And like, I, once again, don't know Al, he could be struggling with the same stuff that Robin Williams is, but it doesn't seem like it from what, like, cause I think Robin Williams always had a melancholy about him. Um, and Al kind of doesn't. Um, and so just like to see that you can be funny and kind and successful and good, like good, like good at what you do and take pride in it and make people like understand not to take themselves so seriously and also be well adjusted on top of that. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like, Oh, like that's the kind of person, like I want to look up to. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Who knew that uh, a Weird Al movie would evoke such yeah. feelings about life and um yeah. and the state of um our culture, but... Um, I mean,
0: he's the one So like, legitimately... I don't really get star- starstruck. You guys know I've worked in music for a long time, so I don't, like... You have to be cool with talent, right? I feel like I would have a breakdown if I ever met Weird Al. Like, I just... <laughs> I, I, I legit think I would cry if I ever met him. He's just been such a big force in my life and such a, like driving factor like not to be all what would al do about it but like he's been such a such a driving factor in a lot of decisions i've made particularly creatively like i don't know like a lot of times my joke presents a binary of like can you take this seriously or can you make a joke about it and if the answer is you can make a joke about it i'm almost always going to choose you make a joke about it um, <laughs> and uh you know i i think that that is because of Weird Al, by and large, and Mystery Science Theater 3000. Holy moly. That one, that one two punch hit me at the perfect age to totally rewire my brain.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, There is something that's like very formative of growing up in the 90s and being exposed to both of those things, I think, on on someone's sense of humor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just like, it that is, yeah, it's one of those things where like, oh, that's my personality now. Got it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Especially like because both of them deal with either commenting on the media that you're watching uh-huh. or parodying uh-huh. it, you know, yep. it very much like engages, engages I think our critical senses as uh, well as our humorous yeah. senses.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important. You said he's not mean about anything. Like even the, the Nirvana thing, it was just like about that moment in time. Cause it's not just about how you can't understand Nirvana's lyrics. I can't understand Pearl jams half the time either. You know, it's yeah. just like that whole genre was. Yes. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: So
0: like, it's, it's, it's using Nirvana as the catalyst because they were the most popular, but I don't think it's about specifically them either. Right. So, yeah, Yeah. he just, I mean, just like the, the way he, in which he is a critic is so, it's so unique and and interesting. And just to see how he did it with sort of like syndicated television and UHF, which is, you know, I think I less so now, obviously, but like to his generation, like, boomer gen x and elderly or elderly elder millennials like that's very that was such a presence in our life like everyone had a tv and it was always on all the time and like to make this movie about it, it it's once again this weird angle this like offbeat angle that is also ubiquitous at the same time
2: yeah yeah and, and so you right this. about that like he just like yeah. he
0: finds these angles that are like oh that's really offbeat and weird but like yeah like i also understand that right like it's mm-hmm. just he's he's never like he never goes above the audience's head he meets them where they're at and understands like um uh, this is gonna sound real pretentious <laughs> but like america in a way that few people do
2: yeah no i think you're right about that yep. um he, he he knows how to like meet his audience he doesn't go and talk over them and he doesn't like talk under them he just is himself and i appreciate that
0: yeah 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 i think that's the other thing too Ray. like he just taught me that i could just be myself and like it's fine it's fine yeah just kind of be who you are and who you're gonna be Um, right and like that's you know i think that's admirable and i think we don't get that message particularly from the media a lot um so the fact that he has just been (laughs) he has just been so uniquely himself whatever that means in the public eye um, for so long too, like pushing 50 years in the industry. Um, that's, 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 that's no easy feat, man. To like, yeah, just well, come out largely unchanged, you know?
2: He, he's had longer longevity than most of the people that he's been parodying.
0: Like 90% of them. This is true. Yeah. Like, include, <laughs> like, you know, including Michael Jackson.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Not just, and I don't mean just because Michael Jackson like died young or whatever, but like and just the the stuff that has come out about him in the last handful of years or whatever. Like, it's just like, Oh wow. Like you, you know, you don't have like, I don't know. I think his cultural footprint is, was really hurt by that. Um, mm-hmm. and like Al's hasn't been. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, it's kind of a miracle. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then just watch right before we go and um release this <laughs> there'll be some like giant scandal involving weird al that would
0: be i'd <laughs> oh be, be so mad
2: <laughs> like some drug ring like he actually did go and kill yeah, uh, yeah, Pablo yeah. escobar i mean he and told us and... <laughs> he, it, it, it's on us now he told us
0: as much in the song yeah i told you so <laughs> yeah also what do you guys think about that in credit song we'll, we'll take it in for a landing there
2: uh, um, I'm, it was pretty good. It wasn't like one of my favorites that he's done, but, but I did enjoy it. Um, it's, I always like hearing like an original Weird Al track. So yeah. that was fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I thought it, like you guys have talked about, he's very clever with his lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like, you know, there's progression through the song, you know, it's like, oh, you kind of have the idea for the song and like, he, he takes it someplace. So I, yeah. I thought it was fun.
0: Um, yeah. I thought it was just really clever. I there's a couple really good jokes in it. Like the I think it's what we were talking about, where like the it's a one-joke song, which is that everything in the movie is true. Yeah. Um and like, yeah, yeah, you're just now finding out. But um he says the thing about like the movie's now canon, every word is true. Uh, We only changed one thing. I really did play Live Aid with Queen and I blew him off the freaking stage. Uh, (laughs) Which is such such a funny line, if you know. Like, that Live Aid performance in particular is such a legendary filmed live performance of any musical group ever. Yeah. As high quality as it is. Um, So, like, the idea that Al was there and just, like, outplayed Queen on on their Live Aid performance is so funny. And then... um, uh the bridge where he talks about like he says how about that part where i
2: died (laughs) 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 yeah he
0: says i was not expecting that (laughs) and then he Uh, like makes a joke about having a zombie army like it's it's so good (laughs) it's like yeah so many good jokes even in that song like he just he picked so much like he just picked the part like his own movie that he wrote and still did this like weird commentary about how absurd the movie was.
2: Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, there, there's some good lyrics in there and I, I love like stupid fake out endings. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I wish they yeah, had yeah, like yeah, two yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, God bless Weird Al. Yeah, I really and, appreciate him.
0: And thank you for everything, Al. If you're listening. Um, oh, there's also <laughs> that line peace. near the end where he says, "This song is technically eligible for Oscar consideration."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I also thought that the score in general. I listened to the score because he re- he re-recorded every song except for "Eat It." Um, so every song you hear in the movie is a new, like a 2022 re-record. Um, of, of those songs, except, except eat it, but they did an excellent job, uh, restoring eat it, man, the eat it on the soundtrack sounds so clean. Um, yeah. but I was listening to it and there's like, it has all the score stuff and the score isn't anything special, but that kind of is what makes it funny because like the score is such a bog standard, like what would play during those specific moments of the movie, uh, mm-hmm. of whatever, like style of movie, movie it's parodying. Uh, in that moment and uh it it, it's like a weird subtle brilliance in that being so rote makes it funny
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's like a very generic score and that's exactly what it needs to be (laughs) like in in (laughs) whatever particular moment it's supposed to
1: be yeah yes
0: Yep. Uh yeah. You guys have anything else about Weird the Al Yankovic story? Also sorry to Uh, (laughs) Corey again for talking so much during this.
1: No, it was I honestly I like when we you know, we talk about lots of different movies on this podcast. And so it's cool when like people have either more attachment or insight in a different way. It helps me, you know, broaden my perspective on it. And so yeah, it's like I yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like I, I grew up and it's like Weird Al was around because he was in the cultural zeitgeist but like he wasn't like I don't have the type of history with him like you guys do and so it's really cool to hear you guys talk about just how he was really formative and all that like it's been really cool to just hear your your guys thoughts on that yeah
2: um well it's it's been nice. It's actually good to have an excuse to talk about him because yeah. you know, this is something that like b- uh, binds MJ and I, um, yeah, and sure. we, you know, we we never really had a reason to discuss him on this podcast. I mean, I guess there's always a reason to if you wanted to, yeah, but yeah. this became a good outlet for it. So um, it's a good movie. You guys, to check it out. That's, yeah, that's all. It's I worth say.
0: watching. Uh, my last bit of commentary is that yeah. I have read in, one, um, actually, a couple things. One, uh, first time film director Eric Apple. So shout out him pretty good job uh especially working under an eight million dollar budget um like it it doesn't look like the highest quality thing in the world but like that they used it pretty wisely yeah Yeah, they stretched it right yeah yeah Yeah, they stretched it perfectly and then um i had read an interview where he said that the inspiration for the movie was boogie nights and i was like well that's an insane thing to say (laughs) because that's a three-hour movie about the pornography industry and um (laughs) Then the pool scene happened and I was like, oh my goodness, he did Boogie Nights. I can't believe he <laughs> did Boogie Nights because it's identical, except with Weird Al, uh, to a scene in Boogie Nights that takes place at a pool party. And I was just like, I can't, be- I can't believe they did it. They actually did the Boogie Nights pool scene. Good for them. <laughs> so that, re- that really made me laugh that I read that and was like, well, that's a crazy thing to say. And then I saw it and was like, wow, they, yep, nope. Boogie Nights is the. That's it. Um, yep. Uh, good movie. You should watch it. Uh, his breakdown backstage, where he screams, I'm the weird one at the top of his lungs, has been uh, on repeat in my brain since I've watched it. The way, he com- <laughs> the way Daniel Radcliffe commits to that line is very funny. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, yeah. Shout out to Al we love you um until next time forgot plugs on this episode so Corey has the youtube channel real filmmaking all about cameras and filmmaking uh techniques and equipment r-e-e-l filmmaking um mike has the books um on amazon and is an audiobook uh well the second one is an audiobook the ashen prophecy it's the most recent one stay tuned for news about a new film he's working on as well as third book in that trilogy um and then i have jaws for a minute at jaws for a minute on the social medias and uh yeah we're going through the spielberg movies right now up through hook um i think the most recent episode is the color purple this week you'll be able to hear empire of the sun and yeah also i for the remainder of the year here's my podcast schedule I am going to be a guest on the movie Robcast to talk about the James Cameron film Piranha 2 that should be out very soon. It is a very chaotic episode for a very bad film. Um, And then I will also be, I think by end of year, on the Beard Owl podcast, B-E-E-R apostrophe D, uh, Owl podcast, which is a podcast all about Weird Al and beer, um, to talk about the Weird Owl album, Apocalypse. So that's all the plugs. Madonna's the bad guy.